Metro Nation, welcome to season two of It's All in the Roses, a podcast where two astrology enthusiasts break down all the loving, fighting, and rose giving of the franchise. This week, we're breaking down episodes five and six of Peter's Bachelor season. I'm Susie. And I'm Kristen, and it's time to look toward the stars. everyone welcome back to another episode of roses we have a lot a lot to cover this week as we were given five hours of batch Mm. content um people have a lot of feelings about those five hours i'm tired just thinking of it all over again (laughs) it's exhausting before we get into all the nitty-gritty of the episodes um, be sure that you're keeping up with us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at It's All Roses, on Instagram at It's All in the Roses. You can email us. Our email account is It's All in the Roses at gmail.com. And if you've been loving our shows, loving our Astro takes on the badge, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can do so. Um, Kristen and I are not astrology experts. We're mere enthusiasts. And the book we often reference in our episodes is called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need. That's by Joanna Martine Woolfolk. And any readings we do on contestants or The Bachelor are done based on their sun signs only, unless otherwise stated. Now we're going to move into our Virgo and Gemini moves of the week. I'm going to pass it along to Kristen for her Virgo move. Yes, in true Virgo fashion, my move (laughs) of the week was taking these detailed bachelor notes for five hours this week. It might be the journalist in me, but it was just very natural for me to transcribe. I mean, I do it every week when we're taking notes on the episodes, but this week was especially a lot, so I really put my skills of organization to the test. Um, Kristen's notes are like my saving grace. They are everything. We're really able to build and plan out our episodes um, due to like the detail you have. So I'm like super thankful that you're always so consistent. And everyone, my life was like a mess this past week. (laughs) So Kristen like just went above and beyond. Love you, Kristen. Yes. I was sick on Monday too. Did I tell you that? I had a really bad cold. (laughs) <laughs> really yeah and Did i you, like go to work yeah i was sick oh, the day okay. before too i had like a stomach bug again oh wow yeah and then it Bummer. developed into a cold so monday and tuesday i was kind of snotty and stuffy and gross and you you powered through i powered through great <laughs> <laughs> how was your week no um, illness, hopefully. No illness. I, w- I will say I was pretty fatigued. I took on a bunch of extra shifts working at the studio in the evening. And that's not something I will be doing again anytime soon because it was just like really long work days and I was really tired. But I was, I feel like also tired because I was anticipating and preparing for the trip I just took up to Albany. Just got back like an hour ago, everyone. Um, so that kind of plays into my gem move of the week. I feel like I've been working a lot and 
especially weekends too, because I have like my little side hustle job. So this weekend away was just like a time for me in gem fashion to reconnect with friends. Um, a lot of my friends have been going through various um, life events, like happy ones, like birthdays and stuff, but also um, family members that have passed and mm -hmm. like transitions in lives. So I really felt like I played a lot of roles with them this weekend, be it like fun, you know, happy go-to, like usual me. And then also very much being like uh, a listener and like a shoulder mm -hmm. for them to lean on. So it was cool. I really enjoyed my weekend. Love everyone. Love all you friends. Shout out. Also, I talked about The Bachelor so much. <laughs> <laughs> like I got there and my one of my friends uh, had it on and her boyfriend was like catching up on the season because I guess <laughs> he watches. And then we get to like this house we were all staying at later on in the weekend and everyone is talking about The Bachelor. We literally talked about The Bachelor for an hour and a half. Wow. Which I think is so interesting because a bunch of them also said that this is the first season they've really been um, watching fr from the beginning, like Oof. not just jumping in randomly. They picked and a terrible season. I to know. Shoot that with. I was thinking about that the whole time because we talk about how different this season is. Mm -hmm. Like the vibes are just all yeah. wrong. I don't understand people who have only started watching it in the last two, three years because the quality has just been so bad. I don't get what would appeal you to it if you weren't a long-time viewer. I don't know, Kristen, but I feel like this year so many more people are watching. Strange. Also, a lot of guys, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty funny. I, li I, I like talking to them about it. Well, I hope you're ready to talk even more about it. <laughs> yeah, let's go. It was definitely a good refresher. Okay, we're going to move on to our, our Bachelor Nation broadcast where we discuss um, events and news across all Bachelor Nation. Our first one, a little sad because this is a fave or was a fave couple Ooh, of so ours. Uh, Kendall and Joe have broken up. Unfortunately, you'll remember them as the uh, hot couple on Paradise two two seasons ago. Three? Yes, season two. five. Yeah, so like honestly, not even that long ago, um, they released. It, this was a statement they released, right, on Instagram. Yes. Well, they actually released it via oh, BachelorNation.com, which is apparently a thing. I don't okay. know what that is. Interesting. But they mutually wrote. Joe has made the decision to move back to Chicago, while Kendall will be remaining in her hometown of Los Angeles. Our family and friends have always been an extremely important element to who we are as people. We can't imagine continuing our lives without them closer, especially when thinking of starting a family of our own one day. We both respect each other's decision and still have a great deal of love for each other, which we've seen. Mm -hmm. um, Joe posted a photo of himself crediting <laughs> the photographer to Kendall and the comment was something along the lines of because I didn't credit her enough when we were together and then Kendall commented like haha like yeah Honestly, true it was both freaked me out it kind of reminded me of when Courtney and um Li Lily oh yeah, 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 yeah but they still would comment all over social media on those things and still hang yeah. out I'm wondering to what extent they'll mimic that because I do very much see them continuing a 
friendship. Right. I think it will yeah. be more of a polite friendship because Joe has moved okay. back to Chicago. And oh, in Courtney right. and yeah. Lily's case, they were both in Los Angeles for a while. Lily, I think, yeah, yeah, has yeah. moved back to Australia and Courtney's still in L.A. But yeah, it was that was a very heightened scenario of what I think Kendall and Joe will be. Yes, yes. And now, just moving on to our last little tidbit of Bachelor Nation broadcast, one of my favorite moments of every of the year Bachelor season adjacent Bachelor news, SNL did their Bachelor parody, and they do this every year, specifically putting the Bachelor character as a parody of whoever the star is at this point. And this year's episode, this year's skit was Pilot Hunk, and the host was a Texans football player, J.J. Watt. I still don't really know who that yeah, is. Played <laughs> Pat the Plane Driver. It, it was good. I enjoyed this one. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say <laughs> it about was- it. The same structure of every one of these. Oh, skits. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a rotating lineup of all the women popping in and saying, oh, I like that, and getting, you know, more and more ridiculous. Sometimes they had very certain. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they had very certain parodies of contestants. Like um, for Ari, Ari season, they did a mimic of Becca M and her short hair, which I still love. Yes. That was funny. I think for um, Pilot Hunk, did they focus? Um, a good amount on Kelly? Am I wrong? Maybe mm. not. There, there were some, have... like, standout... No, it was Kelsey and the Champagne. Oh, Kelsey and the Champagne. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, JJ Watt was, of course, in a pilot uniform. Yeah. Was, yes, it although... Was funny. It's enjoyable. He was more of a Colton than a Pete. Yeah. Yes. The build. Yep. Yep. Who, who they needed someone's uh, James McAvoy. He was the host at the time. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was oh, um, look that Virgin up. Hunk, I think. <laughs> Wait, I'll have to look that up. I love James McAvoy. Yeah, they usually save it for a male host. And then if it's a female host, she's one of the contestants. But mm. I get why they save it for the male host. Yeah, yeah it's funny. All right, and that is everything for our Bachelor Nation broadcast. We're going to move right into our breakdown of episode one of last week's episode. Tonight you started kissing all your friends. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Okay, so episode one started out back in Cleveland. Again, at this point, it seems like it's been 100 years since we were in Cleveland. And <laughs> if you remember, the episode prior ended with the women still railing against Alea and her decision to come back and Peter rewarding her with a rose when she wasn't in attendance at the strenuous group date. And this episode opened with a great line from Natasha saying that her getting the rose and messing people wasn't very great. And in Natasha's words, she made her bed and she has to Alea in it. Yo, she's funny. We This weekend we talked a lot about Natasha. She seems to be a, a favorite among my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> Peter came in and pulled Alea aside 
prompting Sydney to say that she wants to get to a serious point with Pete, but if he wants that type of woman, maybe he isn't uh-huh. ready for a Sydney. Maybe he needs an Alea. <laughs> Great one-liners. Starting off Very with some true. awesome one-liners. <laughs> and Peter told Alea that he doesn't care what the others say because he knows that she's a good person. He still is relying on that strong connection with her that he felt on night one when she brought the letter from her grandma. And Pete said, I think with everything that's happened, this is just a little too much. I don't want to have to put you through any of this. I think it's probably time to say goodbye. And Peter walked her out. Alea kind of figured that what with all this drama, she can't open up to him. And she said, I'm sorry I made this so damn hard for you. And her departure prompted Peter to say, I was following my heart, but that was rough. I'm trying my best, but I hope the girls don't start to lose trust in me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that Pete says he was, like, following his heart and, yeah, that he was following his heart and that he wasn't being swayed by anyone else. But I feel like Pete is easily swayed by the house. And I think anyone would be in this environment, but I feel like he's doing a lot to please as many of the women as possible you get what i'm saying and that's gonna be problematic as we continue to like dwindle down the number Mm -hmm. yeah i think pete's good at one-on-one conversation with the women that he really likes but Mm -hmm. in the group settings he really seems to falter and he just goes with the group mentality and i think i have a slight theory on this and this is just me probably reading too much into it But I feel like guys who grew up with several sisters are just kind of immune to maybe the feeling of just being surrounded by a big group of girls and lots of feelings and emotions and opinions. Because I'm thinking of my brother with three older sisters. And he's just so, like, low-key when it comes to the girls of his own age. Like, he just seems just so, like, eh, whatever. So, (laughs) I think, in general, just thinking of guys I know with a lot of sisters, they just have a certain immune quality to that. And I think Peter might not have had that. Okay, yeah. So it's just something to keep in mind. I think a lot of the Bachelor's reactions to a group of women comes from their experience to that same kind of environment previously. Sure. Makes sense. And Fittingly, Leos aren't good hagglers or bargainers, so with both Pete and Alea being Leos, maybe they didn't quite know how to debate moving past this drama and having her stay there. And public image is also very important to the Leos, so they might have anticipated how much worse this became if she's, this would have become if she stayed. Oh, and, 100%. Yes. And going along with also what we've seen at Pete... Leos forgive easily, and this is a common theme with Pete so far throughout the season. Peter tells the other women he sent Alea home, and he came Mm -hmm. clean about knowing how this could come off as him being wishy-washy. He told them, Mm -hmm. I do know what I want, I promise you that. This is not easy for me, I just want you all to know that I value you so much, I hear you, I trust you, and hopefully you still want to be here. So he took some of the women aside to gauge their feelings, He apologized to a lot of them. 
They were pretty honest about how they didn't really like what just went down. But talking with the women gave him a renewed sense of confidence, which led into the rose ceremony. Madison got the first rose. No Yay. surprise. I think she's everyone's favorite at this point, just because she has gotten no screen time since her first date. And McKenna is still freaking out about not getting picked. And Victoria <laughs> P is also a little worried because of her involvement in the Alea drama. And she says that her getting a rose means that Peter has heard her and trusts her. Both McKenna and Victoria P. get roses. Tammy gets the last one, meaning that Deandra, Savannah, and Kiara are eliminated. Bye-bye. I think that makes the last of the girls who, like, like I don't know their names, you know? Now they're True. gone. Now I yeah. think I know who everyone is. Mm-hmm. And that is a wrap-up on Cleveland. And then... This episode, we move into our next destination, which is Costa Rica. Woo! Costa Rica is like very hot right now. I feel like mm. everyone is doing things in Costa Rica. Decidingly more better than <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. So we start our Costa Rica trip with um, getting down to the bottom of what the hell is going on with Pete's forehead. He <laughs> comes out with this ridiculous bandage and this crazy story about um crossing paths with a puma and then alluding that he like got into some sort of fight with the puma and he's all if you think i look bad you should see what the other guy looks like type of thing it was really weird obviously he's lying what really happened is he bumped his head on a golf cart was holding a glass in his hand and hit it against his forehead and then he had to get 22 stitches which is honestly crazy because it doesn't look like that big of a scar like a a gash yeah especially now too yeah and yeah. current interviews i think he was doing press in new york this past week so he had the bandage off and it really wasn't that noticeable but like it is i feel so bad that he's gonna have that for the rest of his <laughs> life um i will link in the episode notes the clip of him telling the story because at the end of it they show the actual security cam footage of this happening and it is hysterical like i can't i'm laughing thinking about it it's it's unreal. like america's funniest home videos <laughs> Literally. yeah with like the um video quality and everything it's so funny <laughs> so after this little story peter asked sydney on a one-on-one -on -one. he's excited because it's been hard for them to connect because of all the drama that's been going on. And I feel like Pete is like very intrigued by Sydney. Is it this episode when he's like, you're just so mysterious. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, so there, there we go. They're getting their one-on-one. -on -one. Um, when this one-on-one -on -one is announced and they ride off um, on a helicopter, Kelsey begins, Kelsey begins to get crazy and we get her downward spiral beginning here. So Kels immediately starts talking about how she's really feeling this connection with Peter. And now it's starting to get difficult for her to see him go off on dates with other girls. She doesn't want their Cleveland date, which I think went really, really well. She doesn't want that experience to get lost like in his mind. Um, and she didn't expect this process to be so hard. 
Kelsey is opening up to Hannah Ann about all of this and like her date with Pete. Um, again, she says it's not fun to watch the other girls. She says, I have not connected with somebody on a level like that in a long time, if ever. Um, she And then she like brings up the whole, I don't know, his relationships with other people, with other girls kind of thing. So she feels like his feelings for her could change drastically with this one-on-one. So Aries, uh, Kelsey is an Aries. Aries, we've talked about how they tend to gravitate towards attention. They want to be, you know, the center of it all and very heard. And this is Kelsey pulling for straws here and like opening up to the other girls, drawing attention to her relationship with Pete, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Aries can turn sulky and, pe- and peevish if they have to take orders. And here, I mean, it happens every season. There's always someone that at one point starts to talk about how they don't like the environment or the structure of the show and it's really hard on them. And that might be the killer for Kelsey this season. Mm. Um, And then another quote related to the Aries, should you come up against superior force, you will bend but never break. Um, We've talked about this before. Kelsey's like very um, good and strong when it comes to confrontation she will never back down on her opinion and her feelings of a situation. And we'll, we'll see a little more of this later on yes. in the episode. And also thinking about her Aries qualities and just thinking about how far she may get in the long run. Since she mm-hmm. is a little older, especially yeah. older than the other front runners. Do we think that because of her feelings of struggle with this whole several people competing for one person's love, would Mm -hmm. she thrive as a bachelorette? We've talked about there's so many Aries women this year, and there have been, I believe, three past Aries bachelorettes, Mm -hmm. and they were all enjoyable seasons, all women who are still with their pick from the bachelorette. Do we think Kelsey could thrive in that position? My gut instinct says yes. I think Kelsey as I think she has a very clear idea of what she wants in a relationship and like for her future. So I don't really see her struggling to maintain like multiple relationships at a time. You know? True. And I think the Three Aries Bachelorettes are Ashley, Becca, and Desiree. And uh-huh. not so much Becca, but I remember Ashley and Des kind of being picks that were a little mixed opinions, both with okay. fans and the men on their seasons. So it was very clear to pick out which of the men were genuinely there for the lead and which men the leads genuinely liked. Des's ending, as we've discussed in past episodes, was a little murky with her picking, but Ashley was pretty solidly into JP from the beginning. Becca was into Garrett from the very beginning. So there's a certain self-awareness in those three women that I think Kelsey has. Yes! I think her emotional edit might hurt her if she does want to be the Bachelorette, but then again, Hannah B was kind of a 
unusual pick for Bachelorette. So we'll see how they decide to go. I still really like Kelsey after this week. Um, and I just mm-hmm. think back to her one-on-one and like, that's the real Kelsey. And she was mm. so normal and grounded yeah. in that. So that, that that's just my image of her regardless of all the, the mm. BS and the yeah. craziness going Plus, on. Plus, I just really want a bachelorette over the age of 25. Oh, yes. yes, we <laughs> so need badly. it. We need to break <laughs> the cycle. Please, ABC. Please. <laughs> so we move on to this one-on-one date, Pete and Sydney. Um, again, here, Peter's telling Sydney um, that he's crazy about this mysterious aura, she admits. Um, He wants to figure her out, get to know her more. And he begins the date with a little, here's to you for being such an amazing rock to me. I really appreciate all you've done. And with this, Pete is referring back to maybe week two or three when Sydney um, brought up her suspicions of Alea, I think it was, mm-hmm. yep. to Pete. And that, that's going to be a whole thing later. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, Pete is like, Sid, you're so sexy and mysterious. And she's all, thanks. I like get it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would like that compliment. Yeah, it was, it was a little strange, but it was weird. She owned it, you know, it, yeah. it could have been weird, but she decided to own it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sid opens up about her family. Um, if you recall, she is from the South, um, but is of mixed heritage so peter is able to connect because of his german and cuban roots starts speaking spanish a little sydney's like i don't really speak spanish amor is probably the only thing she understood in that whole thing and then pete calls pete tells sydney that she's the best kisser in the house which is like whoa whoa like pete is so into her like again this is that like leo sensuality coming Mm. out it like honestly made me a little uncomfortable like i just don't want to think of pete as like that much of a (laughs) sensual person but he is Uh, which is you know this is what we were saying during the episode like we go back and forth about thinking that pete is a good bachelor as quickly as he goes back and forth between his white boy identity and his (laughs) cuban identity (laughs) it's very quick turnaround it's so interesting um yeah yeah so this date was like kind of cringy but in the midst of this a little bit right (laughs) in the midst of this we get the group date card um for cheyenne kelsey victoria f madison natasha victoria p lexi hannah tammy and mckenna um so the only person not going on the group date is Kelly. So obviously she's getting the second one-on-one of the episode. Kelly says, he's great. He's a catch. I don't have a sob story to get off my chest. This is a weird process, a weird journey. Kelly is a queen. Like she, I feel like she just doesn't care sometimes. Doesn't care. Way too normal. Clearly, <laughs> she prides herself on being an attorney. She's not looking for the Instagram oh, yeah. deals. 
No, not at all. It's but that, sad. Like, She's probably thinking, I have more education than anyone in this house combined. I'm just so over it. Shut the hell up. She <laughs> is. Like, why is she still around? I don't even know. Mm. So we'll get to Kelly's thing later. Back to Sydney on the... Back to Sydney and Peter's one-on-one. Um, they're at a dinner date. Sydney, again, continues to open up about her family and her childhood growing up. Um, her parents were never really together when she was younger. Um, she didn't really have a relationship with her dad. She mentioned only seeing him a couple of times throughout her life. And it was really her mom who raised her on her own. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, something I picked up on this date was that earlier with their activity portion, she was saying that she was used to immersing herself into other cultures because she says that she was forced into it as a kid because her mom was white and her dad was African-American and Dominican. But then when she was opening up about the specifics of her background, it sounds like she didn't grow up around the African-Dominican side at all. So I was just a little curious about did she actually grow up with that culture as she implied before? I kind of interpreted that as if she had only seen her dad a couple of times in her life and she knew that she was of a mixed background, I feel like maybe she tried to compensate for that and like really try and connect with her Dominican and African American mm. background, you know? Yeah. So I think maybe she didn't have um, people of like authority or not, not authority. Maybe she didn't have like a genuine consistent source of that culture around her. But I think she probably meant that she tried to immerse herself as much as possible and learn as much as possible because she was missing that. So I do think she, she grew up with both. You know? Right. And as she said, throughout school, she had a target on her back for being yes. mixed race in Alabama. Other kids vandalized their home. They called her and her mother names. And she talked about being isolated in high school and not going to prom and eating lunch alone in <laughs> her senior year. So she takes a while to trust people and open up. The internet reacted to this <sighs> yeah. a little extremely. They found photos of her high school yearbook where she won beauty pageants not really beauty pageants like beauty super superlatives and mm. she responded to these discoveries she responded to the statements saying that she did win a beauty beauty pageant her senior year of high school but it was voted on by judges not her peers and she tweeted Winning a pageant based off of our beauty, beauty does not take away the racial bullying and isolation I've been through. I was also on the cheer team in middle school and many clubs in high school. You'll do anything you can to fit in, and I tried. I won pageants because of my looks, and I was in clubs because I wanted a scholarship to get into college, not because I was accepted by my peers. So I think she made a good point about people often looking at the exterior of things. I think especially in the last few years... People are so quick to spill the tea on oh, people yeah. and not really care to even hear the full story. And I think this was just another example of that. There's also reports. I haven't seen it confirmed yet, but 
I think someone found a yearbook picture of her and Hannah B together and they're the mm-hmm. same age and both from Alabama. Yeah. I think they went to high school together. Yes. Yeah. So again, crazy. But yeah. It, yeah, and, and I, I really I love that she released that statement because I feel like it's very aligned with what we've seen as Sydney and how she projects herself to the outside world, kind of echoing P and this mysteriousness. There's so much that goes on with her, like underneath the surface. So yeah. Who, who in high school, like, yeah, she, she was trying to fit in and doing all this stuff. But if you're not experiencing the isolation and the racial prejudice, like it's not something she's really going to, project out to people you know right and given this topic mm, Mm -hmm. given this topic i was also just thinking about how mike as bachelor would handle conversations like this that are based on race oh he would be so good Mm -hmm. damn i know (laughs) what could have been (laughs) what could have been So Peter's still feeling the date as it wraps up, telling the cameras if you have a partner with that kind of strength that show that Sydney has shown, you guys can take on the world. And Sydney is another one of the Aries. They treat opposition as an annoyance to brush out of the way, which I think we've seen with Alea. We've kind of seen her react that way also with this online controversy that stirred when her yearbook got out. And mm-hmm. Aries are notorious for taking offense at what our book calls fancied slights and injuries and i think this fits both sydney and kelsey they've both gotten into these situations where one little thing is getting kind of blown out of the water and they react extremely to it but i think that's because everything in this world is heightened you know there's not much else to do as i've talked about with our paradise coverage i mean i think there's less to do on paradise than there is to do on the bachelor but true So, back at the hotel, Tammy is checking in on Kelsey, who's still feeling sad that Peter's seeing other people. And Tammy tells her that it's what they signed up for, and that that experience of feeling isolated from Peter is temporary. But Kelsey says that there's never an end point to feeling like this, and that it doesn't make it easier. And she's wondering if Peter sees what she sees in other girls. Mm. And she kind of calls out Sydney here. She says that she likes her, but in Kelsey's words, she's a traumatic bitch. Oh my god, what the hell? And Tammy calls Kelsey a hot mess, saying that she cried over the champagne for four days. And Tammy tells the camera, I'm a tough bitch. I'm not going to sit there and mope around about imaginary problems. And Tammy thinks this experience is too much for Kelsey and that Peter should know. So this dynamic, which we'll talk about more later as it spills out into catastrophe mode, is a Gemini versus Aries scenario. The Gemini is clever enough to counter the Aries need to dominate. And Geminis are curious about everything and want to play all the parts. So in this case, Tammy is both the interrogator and the comforter. She did talk Mm -hmm. to Kelsey with the intention to try to help her feel better. And then that didn't really work. Kelsey wasn't accepting her comfort. So Tammy turned things up a notch. And the Gemini is the sign of communication and has the gift of persuasion. Yes, she does. Oh, my God. What a setup to what is to come. Mm. All we'll say for now. 
We move on to that group date from earlier that includes everyone except Kelly and um, Sydney because she already had her one-on-one. Um, so we're in Costa Rica. The editor-in-chief of Cosmo is there and they're shooting for a fashion feature that would be the cover of their Digital March issue. Um, so again, this is another date that really is meant for the women to jump out of their comfort zone, be bold, take risks. Um, and then based on how they perform, the editor-in-chief will choose one winner that will be featured on the cover of that March issue with Pete. When they were explaining all of this, I was like, Kristen is living because this is like America's Next Top Model part two. It's straight up an America's Next Top Model photo shoot. I've even, I've been at a lunch (laughs) with this editor in chief. You, oh yeah? Yeah, the um, Avon beauty lunch I did when I was working at her campus. I don't think she was the editor in chief at the time. I think she was just a digital editor, but she was kind of the moderator of the event. Wow, look at you. Mm. Big stuff. Yeah. So the women are uh directed over to like a rack of swimsuits they just pick their favorite one and then the date consists of them being placed in different groups and pairings to take pictures in front of waterfalls and like be with p and it's like really awkward because they're trying to stand out and like win this feature with peter but they're in these shots with like three or four other women so they're just kind of getting desperate and doing anything they can victoria f who is shy so shy, shy. pulls her <laughs> shy signature and- <laughs> move and just kisses Peter out of nowhere in a shot with like McKenna, of course with McKenna and like <laughs> someone else. And lo and behold, Victoria F ends up winning the group date. Um, so her and Pete take a couple of shots for what would be the issue feature um, later or that day that the episode was released or whatever. Um, Cosmo released a statement about why they decided to not run the cover. (laughs) It's been reported that what she modeled for was actually a Marlin Lives Matter organization focused on preventing white and blue Marlins from being overfished, which used white lives matter and blue lives matter messaging on its promotional shirts and hats. Mm -hmm. In my views, the nature of the organization is neither here nor there. Both phrases and the belief systems they represent are rooted in racism and therefore problematic. Ultimately, what felt right was choosing not to publish the digital cover on our website or social feeds and simply being honest with you, the audience we respect, about what happened and where we stand. Definitely respectable. I think pictures of Victoria modeling had surfaced on the internet like a while ago. Yes, and a whole lot else that I'm sure the rest of the season is going to cover. Oh, okay. I I don't think I know about other things. So a lot. (laughs) Wow, really? Ooh, I've been doing really well about keeping myself in the dark then. Um, Yay. Um, So post-group date party thing, um, Pete and Victoria F. are having a conversation. uh, And Pete is talking to a Victoria about how proud he is of her because she stepped out of her comfort zone and like won the group date, blah, blah, blah. And Victoria makes this hilarious comment about uh, 
her recent birthday that had passed and she turned 26 and she says it's depressing and pete says i'm 28 is that okay and i was like this is so relatable (laughs) too relatable victoria says i don't i don't know she can't carry a conversation what do you mean i don't don't know clearly this appeal I don't either. I, uh, what, other than her being gorgeous. She's got crazy <sighs> eyes, though. I kind of love her eyes. They're beautiful. I don't know. I Maybe it's because I read They're the so stuff big about her beforehand, like, but something stop. about her just skeeves me out. Kristen, stop. I'm so intrigued. I'll tell I you after if you no, want. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Everyone, stay in the dark. Do not know. <laughs> Um, we, we go back to Kelsey, who's talking about how group dates suck because you try not to compare yourself to other women um, because then you're like, what, what am I saying? I don't was, know. Was I feel Kelsey like on this group date? No. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then we pan again to Kelsey in her like downward spiral here in Batch on The Bachelor, and she's talking about how group dates suck because you try not to compare yourself to the other women and the relationships they may have with Peter and she's all like how do I know that the feelings he has for me uh, are not the same or even stronger for other women etc Kelsey wasn't expecting to develop these strong feelings for Peter right off the bat and she's scared about it but also excited Okay, and then this conversation kind of trails off with Kelsey telling Peter that she's starting to fall in love with him, and Pete just smiles at her. Mm-hmm. Classic Pete. Mm-hmm. Sure, Kelsey tells Peter that she's starting to fall for him. Tammy tells the other girls that Kelsey was drinking herself away, drowning her sorrows, and she doesn't think that Peter going on dates with her friends is the only instigator of that behavior. Victoria F. says that Kelsey was saying that she was the realist in the house and everyone else was fake. And Tammy is upset because she sat with Kelsey for what she claims is three hours to try to comfort her so she doesn't appreciate the alleged fake comment. And Tammy thinks that it's comforting to know she isn't the only one seeing this behavior. So she feels ready to tell Peter that he's not seeing the full side of Kelsey. And she tells him that last night Kelsey was having a mental breakdown over Sydney's date and that Tammy has seen Kelsey multiple times drinking excessively. This prompts Peter to take Kelsey aside, saying that it's difficult to gauge what's too much of a red flag and what's not, so he wanted to ask her about the comment. Kelsey says that she was emotional and that it wasn't a breakdown and it was just her processing her feelings for him and being upset of seeing him on another date. Kelsey Peter says that he cares about her. He's developing feelings for her. And Kelsey it wants to make it clear that her feeling that sad hasn't been every day. And this was just the first time after a one-on-one date where her feelings were that strong. And she tells Peter, if I feel like I can't handle it, I will tell you. And mm. this instigated a lot of conversation on Twitter about crying so much is it necessarily a sign of trouble or a breakdown? I think it's just hard to really dictate. Like, you can't judge 
the strength of someone's reaction to something. You know what I mean? Based on crying? Based on just... I don't think it's right to put yourself in someone's shoes when they're uh-huh. going through a different experience than you. Oh, yeah. And judging the emotion by that. Because everyone has a different tolerance. Everyone has different past experiences that may explain Definitely. Mm-hmm. why they're reacting that way. And they'll go into details of this conversation later on. But on both Tammy and Kelsey's parts, I think they both made some valid points. But there's really no winner in this conversation. Right. How could there be? Right. So one of those classic batch, no one's, no one's right or wrong things. Mm-hmm. And after speaking to Peter, Kelsey confronted the women about who ratted her out to Peter. And she told them that just because people cry, it doesn't mean that they're emotionally unstable. And she said she wasn't afraid, ashamed to cry in front of other people and that she's proud about that. And Natasha, again, made a valid point of just telling her to think about the other people who haven't had one-on-ones and want that time with Peter. And Kelsey tried to make it out like she wasn't targeting Sydney in that conversation earlier and that she would be upset about anyone getting a date. And Natasha, again, with the valid points, said she wasn't happy about not getting a date either, but she channeled it by journaling and chilling mm-hmm. with herself, <laughs> which Natasha's my type of girl. Like, yes, girl, I'd do the same. So yeah, Kelsey true. said a lot of people hold things in. So she thinks she's the only one being vulnerable. And she asked them why crying so much is wrong. And meanwhile, during all this, Tammy hasn't exactly fessed up to being the one to talk to Peter. Ah. Uh. Oh my god, Peter. Going back to Tammy's reaction and all of this, our book says that a Gemini is quick to grasp an idea or size up a situation, but they skim the surface so they don't look too much into Mm. the depth of the issue. I think this is what Tammy did in this case. Suze, as a resident Gemini, how do you feel about this take? Yeah, I feel like she hyper-focused on just what she was seeing being done, but, like, didn't... Like, earlier you kind of talked about her being... playing multiple roles as, like, the comforter and what else? Like, she was trying to comfort... Yeah, she was trying to comfort Kelsey, but also interrogate her, and I feel like she didn't really care about she only cared about like the reaction Kelsey was having and didn't really want to focus on why that, why that was happening. Do you Mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, that, that completely makes sense here. And it's also like shock value to the women, right? Yes. If you want to start something up, you're just going to be like, Oh, um, well, Kelsey's been, like, crying and drinking and all this stuff. And obviously, people are going to be like, why? Like, oh, my God, like, is she okay? And I'm not sure Tammy would be able to, like, say anything to that point, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, well, I've seen this, yeah. yeah. And then that's how that kind of starts to spread. And even to Peter, right? She didn't really say anything other than, like, hey, I just want to let you know that I've seen this. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes sense to me. And at the end of the date, Hannah Ann gets the rose. I don't know. She like modeled. How? Why? Peter liked it. I don't know. <laughs> she just she did. What? So she modeled. Peter was like, oh, oh. you're in your comfort zone. Oh, Something like weird. that. <laughs> weird. Weird. Ew. Okay. Now moving on to the real one. Our girl. <laughs> our girl Kelly getting some prime time. Uh, camera time here on her one-on-one. Kel- Kelly's just kind of here. She's just yeah. hanging out. She's mm-hmm. o- open to the process. Open to getting to know Peter more, I guess. Chilling with the girls. She knows it's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll have fun. Kelly's just here. This <laughs> date is so strange. They're in this little hut with some locals. Pete is telling them the backstory of him. And uh, Kelly, and then they participate in a cleansing ritual. Are we still in Costa Rica or are we in Chile now? We're still in Costa Rica. Okay, a Costa Rican cleansing ritual. Um, They have male and female candles that represent themselves, and they light the candles to see what the energy says about them and their relationship. So, throughout this whole we have this overarching idea of Kelsey being reserved and closed off and Pete really wants to get down to the nitty gritty of why Um, he from the beginning we know he's been like super intrigued by her they had met previously Um, but with everything else going on like we hadn't really had a focus on them in a while and now here we are Pete writes that he always wants to give more than he takes in a relationship and like that's so fucking Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. he's so annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Pete is like taking this very seriously. And again, Kelly's just kind of like here. Like, <laughs> this is a process and journey we're in. It's not easy to be like, here's my all kind of thing. So their candle says that they aren't in the same stage of their life. And Peter currently feels like he is giving more than Kelsey is in their relationship. Kel- <laughs> He's giving more than Kelly is in their relationship. Uh, this is so weird. <laughs> like, was this the actual candle? Yeah, the male energy candle was melting toward the female, but the female was pu- pushing back, and the healers said that it was repressed. <laughs> I'm crying so then this this day ends with peter guiding kelly through a maze while she's blindfolded and peter can't keep making excuses for the reservations that she's like having in the relationship Kristen picked out this great quote from our book about pisces women and the amorous state kelly is a pisces woman so quote it's no wonder that men are captivated by her at first glance and haunted by her for (laughs) ever after oh my god that's like incredible yeah Um, (laughs) they can't put their finger on what's so captivating about pisces women has instinctive ability to make men feel masculine doesn't pick mate on whim of a moment which is like very kelly um, and will quickly beat her way to exit 
if what she sees and hears isn't quite right. The Pisces women can, if she wishes, take steps to win back man's favor. I think the like best part here is doesn't pick me on whim of a moment. Mm. Like again, when I say like Kelly's just kind of here, I don't mean like she isn't invested. I feel like she is very open to like anything that may come of the process, but she's very um pragmatic about everything. Yes, she sees the reality of the situation. Yeah. We love her. She's a real one. Okay. KP, back to you with Kelsey Tammy. Yes. So Kelsey episode- Kelly, ugh. <laughs> I hate that. So annoying. The episode goes back to Kelsey and Tammy's face-off. Kelly tells Tammy that there's been a disconnect by them between them, and it's distracting them from what's really at state. So Tammy says that she has emotions with Peter, and Peter is becoming serious to her and she thinks that Kelsey doesn't consider her emotions with Peter because Tammy wasn't the one drinking. She knows everything that she's been doing. She knows everything that Kelsey has been doing and Kelsey, again, doesn't really know why Tammy thinks that she drinks too much. Tammy, again, I think, tries to play the multiple roles card and says that she's only concerned for Kelsey trying to have this conversation with her and Kelsey is still just getting emotional and Tammy has Kelsey admitting that drinking herself to the point of crying is healthy and that conversation ends with Tammy walking away from Kelsey. So again, this was the point of the episode where I just wanted to give up on the season. I was just not having all these women yelling at each other again. Yeah, it's a lot. It's not even not even half of what came later Oof. as well. <sighs> we we go back to Kelly and now their post cleansing ritual, having their little din convo. Um, Peter is asking Kelly why she disappeared on him. Like throughout the process, again, they were very like what is the word? Again, they were very strong initially. Um, but then Kelly does admit to a degree that she like pulled back, but she's ready to open up and have fun. And what I loved about this conversation is that Kelly immediately flips it on Pete and starts asking him if he's really ready to settle down after this and brings up like a number of the women have been doing this season, why he keeps rewarding all the drama going on in the house Peter is immediately defensive. And again, he just says, that was just me trying to figure out my stuff. I did what I had to do. Um, When he said this, I immediately thought to Leo's being a fixed sign and very like intent on, like, I don't think Pete has acknowledged or come to terms with the fact that he has been rewarding drama you know Mm. he doesn't really see it that way he's just like oh well i'm just trying to figure it out on my own it's like no pete just like admit that what you're doing is kind of shitty it's like very shitty to the other women yeah at the end of the day every bachelor is just weak with a pretty face and you know, the pretty ones that are also the dramatic ones, they stick around for a while. Yeah, totally true. 
Um, this conversation in the state ends with Kelly saying she's open to being engaged at the end of this, but Peter and her will have to make some major progress in their relationship if that's what the end goal is going to be here. Um, a Pisces tends to flee from what they don't want to deal with, and they represent conflicting emotions pulling them back and forth. And yeah, that's kind of where Kelly Kelly's out right now with all this. Yes, and the Pisces is also prone to creating their own downfall. So I see this attitude of Kelly's coming back to haunt her. Ooh, wow. That foreshadowing. Mm. Oh, we're back to a little more Kelsey action. She's had all these, she's had the confrontations with the women. She's been back and forth with Tammy. So Kelsey now decides to take matters into her own hands and actively goes to find Peter before the rose ceremony. She finds him in his room and she tells Peter that Tammy has been spreading all of these rumors about her to the other women in the house. Um, she's very adamant about saying that like, okay, yeah, like I do drink and I like did drink maybe a little more than I usually do the other night, but like not to the degree that Tammy is saying to all these women. Peter, of course, loves this because <laughs> Kelsey's getting a little emotional and like basically anytime someone cries, Pete is like, oh my God. Thank you so much for like opening up to me. He literally <laughs> said, so seriously, <laughs> yeah, what you did is today is another testament to how much you care. This means so, so much to me. And Peter is so moved that he literally has to go grab a rose and give Kelsey the rose before the rose ceremony, which is wild. Um, and then Kelsey ends this whole little part with this great, line when there's something worth fighting for you stick with it um chris okay so then we're gonna move into the rose ceremony ch chris harrison <laughs> yeah right okay yeah. chris harrison comes out and tells the ladies that we're gonna go straight to the rose ceremony tonight because peter's had some clarification about all things and he's just ready to go the women assume that they're not getting the cocktail party because Kelsey has gone and had a conversation with Peter and they all know she did because she came back with a rose. Tammy immediately again confronts Kelsey and is like, hey, did you say anything about me in your conversations with Peter? And Lexi also speaks up and says, maybe if you wouldn't have gone to talk to him, we would have had um, a cocktail party. Popping pills, I don't know if this is, like, where it's first mentioned. Mm, I, don't I don't remember know. that at all. So <laughs> It happens. Okay, I'll say it. Um, at some point here, they start... One of the women, I think it's Tammy, you know, they've been talking about this, like, drinking, but then they also talk about kelsey mixing the drinking with popping pills which is like crazy um and sydney starts to come at tammy for talking to peter about all of the other women and tammy counteracts saying that sydney was the one that actually kind of started this whole trend 
by talking about Alea to Peter. It was wild. People were standing, they were screaming at each other. McKenna Oof. was making some crazy faces. <laughs> it, it was intense. Was this when Kelsey was, I think I did see a clip of this, when Kelsey mm-hmm. flat out just say, I take Adderall and birth control. Yes, yes, she was like, I'll tell you what I take. Yeah. (laughs) It was funny. Good for her for providing some clarity. She's real. She's the real one. Um, Then we move into the rose ceremony. Um, Tammy interrupts and pulls Peter aside. And she wants to know if her name was involved in the clarity he received earlier in the day. Um, she tells him that she's there to focus on their relationship and she wants him to know that she's she and like her actions are never coming from a malicious place. Um, and McKenna again is also is also looking for Peter. Um, it's very strange, just everyone interrupting here. And when it comes down to it, we have two eliminations, Lexi and Cheyenne. I really like Cheyenne. Um, she was great. And she does not leave without warning Peter. It says, some of the girls that are here, sometimes what you're seeing is not really who they are. Dun, dun, dun. And that is the end of night one. Oof. Oof. Oh, my God. Take a breath, guys. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that was three hours. That was a lot. <laughs> oh, that was three I was wondering why. Okay. Yes, and we're doing on okay. tonight too. Only two hours, so but on a <laughs> Wednesday, that kind of threw off my mentality. They are now in Chile, and the women are out in the city of Santiago, brunching, cheering to a new drama-free week. And McKenna, of course, has to share her opinion because she knows that everyone wants it so much. She says that she's hopeful for the week, and the canceled cocktail party upset her. But she says that she started strong with Peter. So she needs this week to make up that time. She starts to cry. Victoria P gives her shade, pointing out that McKenna very briefly pulled aside Peter at the rose ceremony to talk. True. Taking away time that wasn't hers to begin with. The girls still seem a little upset with her about it. And McKenna says that it sounds like Victoria is blaming her. And Victoria says that it's simply a respect thing to not approach him at that time. And Victoria F says to the camera if peter liked you he would have made time with you and he hasn't which is so vicious (laughs) the one liners this season are unreal and this little tiff was in aquarius versus libra mckenna is the aquarius victoria is the libra these two normally get along. The Aquarius will hatch up a big scheme for improving things, but their main interest is in creating a plan rather than following through. A lot of talk, no action, which kind of seems to fit mm-hmm. McKenna. And they also inflate their own importance. And mm. a big thing about Libras, which I think we've seen with Victoria, is how shaky their self-confidence actually is underneath a more confident exterior. Yeah, it's sketch. So Peter joins the girls on their outing. He says that he's going to explore the city with Hannah Ann. And Hannah Ann says, well, I guess I'm going to ditch my girls' day. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) Okay. So throughout Santiago, Peter speaks 
tons of Spanish, you know, because, you know, he's Cuban. He likes reminding people of that. And then tells the camera, I could potentially be falling in love with my future husband. Oh they dance God. to drummers in the street. They have some food. Peter calls Hannah Ann the goofiest girl there, which, okay, I, I don't really see it, but... <laughs> And they run into the obligatory old local couple in love. <laughs> Peter speaks some legit conversational Spanish oh to them. <laughs> the woman says in Spanish that Hannah Ann looks so young, and Hannah clearly does not know what she says. So she says, thank you. <laughs> and towards the end of the date's day portion, Peter brings up Hannah's age and asks if she's ever felt ready for that serious commitment in other relationships. And Hannah says that she's never truly been in love. And she says that that step is more about the person's heart and rather they're open to committing to someone. And Peter tells producers that it's a little scary that Hannah might not be ready for a lifelong commitment and really needs to feel her readiness at this point. And as a reminder, Peter and Hannah are a Leo and Taurus pairing, which our book says might have too many personality conflicts to last. Dun, dun, dun. And at the night portion, Hannah brings up her goals with modeling after Peter tries to dig a little deeper, get a sense of what she wants in life. And this is when it got a little murky. <laughs> Hannah and she says that her modeling goals or just to broaden herself because what people stay <laughs> people stay in the shallow waters of life and she wants to go deep so what? she didn't really answer peter's question like not at <laughs> all nope and peter brings up her comment of never having been in love hannah says that she dated a local boy for three and a half years but wasn't in love so Damn. peter asks how she's so confident that she's ready now and Hannah says it's what she wants because I haven't found that person in my past and that Peter's qualities are what I was raised to want. What Again, I was raised to dancing want. Around, I was so <laughs> dancing around some weird answers here. Yeah. So Peter says that this process is so real for him that he needs to excuse himself for a moment. He tells cameras that he's feeling frustrated because Hannah isn't showing what she's feeling and he's questioning if they have a deep enough connection. He feels tons of potential with her, but he doesn't want her need for the perfect answers. And mm. Hannah Ann turns on the waterworks before going out to find him. So she yeah. shows up next to him, weepy eyes, saying, I've been so good at smiling through it and it's gotten to a point where I can't anymore. It's so hard. I really care a lot. And Peter wants to see her care a lot. Hannah says that she's falling in love with him. And Hannah tells the camera that she doesn't really get emotional. But she needs to put herself out there even if he might not feel the same. So it was a very odd turnaround. I don't really know what prompted the tears. If maybe she sensed that Peter didn't like her answers. It was kind of no explanation from her at that stage. And our book says that the Taurus woman in love is the perfect personification of an old-fashioned woman. They're not casual in love. They need stability and security. And their every attention is given to detail. Oh, yeah, totally. I do feel like Hannah just sensed Peter kind of shutting off, not really responding to any of her responses. And we all know Pete mm -hmm. loves the waterworks. And that, you know, it yeah. shows the vulnerability. Yeah. It showed it shows that she really cares. 
Um, yeah, and she gets the rose. Yes, Peter See, tells says, her, I want you to know... <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Peter tells her, I want you to know how much this means to me, that you don't have to give your happy face all the time. I... I just really didn't understand any of this. Like, yeah, what? No what? explanation was given as to why she feels the need to be perfect. Right. Was like, that what a modeling troubled, thing? Uh huh. Uh huh. Like, does she actually want to model forever? Is she trying to be something more than a model? It was very unclear. Yeah. Was it like a family dynamic growing up? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. Super also, unclear. I think Peter really likes seeing people cry. Because yes. his dad does it a lot. <laughs> oh my right? god. We've seen his dad cry like three times. So much. Can can we also mm-hmm. talk about like some like a crazy fashion power move with Hannah Ann showing up to this night portion in basically like a wedding dress? This like oh, yeah. white little tea white. dress. Yeah. I was like, whoa. It was like what you would wear to an elopement or something. Yes, bro. Yeah. Oh, my mic just so. Was it okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, literally. It was, that's all I was thinking about throughout that dinner. It's crazy. And so, back... Mm, what were you going to say? I was just going to go into the group date. Okay, you can do it. Yeah. Okay. So now we're back at the house, and uh, we're getting a group date and a one-on-one. Um... So the one-on-one goes to Victoria F. And the card reads, I feel like we didn't get a fair shot. The women are shocked that Victoria F. is getting her second one-on-one of the season. And McKenna, of course, is like super bummed. Kelsey's comforting her, tells her to sleep on it. McKenna's like, I feel like I have to go away. But McKenna is on the group date. And we move into that group date, which is on the set of a telenovela. Woo. Pete. And then we have like multiple women being like, oh, yeah, I grew up watching soap operas with my grandma. Yeah, kind of Pete thing. grew I was up like, watching them with his fuck? grandma. <laughs> I know, but everyone all of a sudden just had to be like, oh, yeah, you know, soap operas are such a huge part of my life. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so... All of the women are assigned a role, right? And Pete is, like, playing his role as Bachelor. McKenna is playing uh, the maid in the story. And she just feels like she can really resonate with the part of the maid because she's in the background, just kind of, like, observing everything. It was, like, hysterical, honestly. Tammy, Tammy's, like, trying on this crazy dress, channeling her grandma before an Asian wedding. Kelly is the grandma. That was interesting. And I, do you want to give your little you can say yes. this at the end I'll keep going through the roles oh, no. this all honestly okay. felt like one of the America's Next Top Model acting challenges <laughs> you know how it would I sometimes be like those. it would be like oh, this week a model has to learn how to present a product so you're going to do CoverGirl oh. commercials and oh, they would yeah. have an acting lesson and then go film their CoverGirl commercials Shut up. Yeah. Like, Old school A and TM guys. It's the crossovers this season. <laughs> Enjoy oh, yourselves. Plug. So McKenna is 
being all method as the maid, <laughs> trolling in the background <laughs> while Pete kisses other women. I was kind of lost at one point. Did they have a script or were they improvising? I wasn't sure because it was different scenario. Like, I think they did have a script. They were just like multiple scenarios, you know? Yes. So the like, story I don't think had... they could have improvised True. all of that. That's true. The storyline had Peter falling in love with the maid. McKenna's <laughs> like, oh, I finally have my moment. We can oh, kiss. And then Chris Harrison. Yeah. Yes. And then Chris Harrison arrives in a mustache and says that the maid is the character's aunt. Womp womp. Wild. <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the group date. It was funny. Tammy. <laughs> was caught up in all of the action of the group date, but again is emphasizing that her end goal here is to establish and find this relationship with Peter. Kelsey and Peter have a conversation where they talk about how they've overcome so much, especially this week. And Peter is beginning to like feel very strongly for her. Um, and it's amazing to see how quickly it's been working for him. Um, I like Kelsey. I thought that was a really good conversation. Um, and it really emphasized the one they had earlier when she like, um, went to go seek him out because I feel like that was very much her being like, Hey, this is where I'm at. And now Peter's just starting to reciprocate a little, like not quite falling in love, but it made me like hopeful for how much longer she'll be on the show beside mm. all the drama. Yeah, you know? that's true. I thought that was a really yeah. good sign. Mm -hmm. McKenna gives us her take and thinks today is one of her best days. Um, she's hoping to get more time with Peter, of course. Um, and Victoria P speaks up to McKenna saying she needs conversations with him and she needs to feel more confident for how she feels for him. Okay, so now then we have a conversation with Victoria P and Peter that takes a turn at the end. We didn't really saw, see coming. Um, Victoria P is talking about how when her heart is in question, she recoils and she wants to get back to the certainty she had for Peter more towards the beginning of the season. She thinks that they had a really strong start at the the beginning but then when all of the Alea drama came into the fold like they, they lost that momentum and she doesn't like how that distracted her from continuing to develop that strong relationship with Peter and she said something really great and was like we just need to put Alea behind us in order for us to be able to continue to grow um, and she says that Peter is someone that she wants to fight for. So Victoria P is a Virgo. Virgos are very practical and prudent. And again, her just coming to the conclusion that they need to completely put Alea behind them is just such an example of that. Yeah, if they were literally what I said earlier, they want to progress, they need to leave the past in the past. Peter definitely hears her out on all of this. Um, and he knows how badly she wants this. He knows that her heart is in the right place and he doesn't want to hurt her. Um, but then he says that maybe you are more secure and confident in us than I am. I have to be honest with you because that's what you deserve. Um, Victoria doesn't really know what he means 
And she's like, so are you saying we're like done here? And Pete says, I don't know if I see you as my wife. I'm sorry about that. Oof. Victoria P is like not having it at all. And she just like completely shuts down at that and is ready to have nothing more to do with him. Which was crazy. I feel like she got a little crazy there. Yes, she said that she was concerned for him and hopes that he's making the right decisions, but kind of implied that she didn't think that he was. And she said, this is not love, and then walked ahead of him as he walked her to the car, wasn't really having it. And Mm -hmm. before she got into the car, Peter said, I just want you to know how grateful I am to meet you. You're going to make someone so happy someday. And Victoria just smiled and said, I know. You know, we have this note here about um, Leo's Virgos, uh, Leo Virgo pairing and Leo's have a flair for the dramatic that Virgos just can't understand. I feel like her exit and the way she took this breakup was so dramatic, though, like on her end. I almost feel like it was flipped a little here. Yes, I know, according to our list, she's an August Virgo, and I kind of have thoughts about August Virgos being kind of more Leo, because they're Uh, right at that cusp. Yeah. So maybe this was a bit of an inner Leo coming out. Death. Like, very aggressive. Um, yeah. And Victoria says in the limo as she cries... I feel like I've been so vulnerable and true to who I am because that's who I am. And maybe I've been too hopeful and optimistic. The person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with didn't want to fight for me. Again, drama. Mm. So dramatic. See you in paradise, Victoria. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I know. We have to see them all again in a few months. I feel like Victoria's just wild. Like, she Mm. started as this very calm presence, but then we have these glimpses of of this aggression she has in her. It, like, it stresses me out. And dancing around to the Alea truth, too, because, (gasps) you know, the truth (sighs) came out. Those Vegas photos came out. The next topic of conversation at the cocktail party turns to the fact that McKenna reportedly packed her bags before the group date, and Tammy calls this out to the cameras, And she tells McKenna, you live in this fantasy world and you're putting on a show. And she calls McKenna out for being happy when she was so focused on her misery before. And Tammy, again, being a realist girl there, says to producers that Tammy seems more concerned with eliminating people not there for Peter than pushing her relationship with him forward. And the Gemini woman, yes, the Gemini woman in love, according to our book, Uh, Even when she becomes deeply involved in a relationship, there will be as much friendly feeling as there is a passion. And I think at this point, Tammy was kind of at the turning point where the relationship should be turning more, Mm -hmm. maybe not passionate, but at least more romantically inclined. And I think by doing this, she was keeping it in the friend zone. Ooh, yeah. Good take, KP. I totally see that. Yes, and McKenna, as an Aquarius woman, lives in a world of ideas, has a bit of a detached quality, and she has a strong romantic streak, but she's independent and cares cares little what the world thinks. Yeah. Uh, Just lost my place. McKenna tells Peter that Tammy attacked her, 
and felt like McKenna wasn't ready for this. And McKenna doesn't want Peter to have fears about her. Peter is just confused, saying that he's never found reason to worry about McKenna. So that kind of puts that issue at rest for that night. And again, in just turns that were not anticipated at all, Peter gives the group rose to a Madison. So nice girls <laughs> finish first, apparently, at least once we, in a while. Yes, we love it. Yeah. So moving away from that post-group date, party we have victoria f's second one-on-one of the season in an effort to not run into any more ex-boyfriends they are in the countryside completely alone just kind of wandering around um crawling under horses in order to test the strength of their relationship wasn't that wild did you watch it that they were with horses yes kp I mean, it was fine. (laughs) It was crazy. Like, they were literally like, you need to... I can't... We talked about this a lot yesterday. That's why it's so fresh in my head. Mm, Okay. Like, when they would go under the horses and they were like, yeah, this is really like a testimony to your um, relationship with the horse. And then Pete was like, (laughs) yeah, I... I just feel like you have such a calming aura and it really like reflects how like you will act in our relationship. It was crazy. Anyway, Victoria's nervous about this date because again, she's kind of been second guessing herself in this whole situation. She knows that she likes Peter, um, but she says she still kind of goes back and forth on it. And she tries not to get in her head about the rest of the drama going on in her house. Peter finds all these doubts very surprising. And this kind of transitions into their conversation in the night portion of the date, which was like hella cringy because Pete is just trying to get Victoria F to speak and open up. And she can't, as we've talked about earlier, Victoria F can't really sustain a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pete's very caught off by all of her comments and he feels like she's been building this wall up around herself. And he says, why can't you just let this be and not sabotage it? This is just you and me. Just talk to me. Victoria's like, I don't know specifically why I put up my walls. It's just a combination of things. And Peter's like, okay, we'll just try your best to show me that you're not putting up these defense mechanisms. And she asks, he asks him, he, he asks her if she wants to be there. Victoria literally just says she physically feels sick and she just stands up and walks away from it. And she decides to not open up to Peter, but to open up to the producer instead. And they're like talking offline on the side. Yeah. And this what? just felt sketchy to me because you can vent all of that off camera to the producer but you can't get the balls to peter i don't Mm -hmm. know we've just seen so many conflicting sides of her that i think at this point it's a little bit of an act i don't doubt that she might be a little shy but i think at this point it's just getting a little exaggerated on a lot for Mm -hmm. sure yeah yes so 
we've talked about this being a Victoria and Pete being a Libra Leo pairing Libra women in love appears to project succession of images rather than integrated personality. They begin to lose interest when she's satisfied with her needs and Libra women deals in moods and nuances. They feel emotional demands of love are too much. Mm. I, I don't really know how to take this because I feel like their relationship hasn't developed to the point where um, Victoria's needs would be satisfied. Like I, Pete really likes her, but I still don't really think they're that strong of a couple because Victoria struggles so much to open up with him. Yeah. It's just so I'm just I don't like, know if she's what is her it on an act to seem cutesy. It just comes to trot across as a little immature and silly right now. Yeah. Like, why are you here? Why are you still here? And and that's that. But she he, she does get the rose, right? Yes. Okay. I should say that. Victoria comes back to the table. They kind of talk a little more. And Peter does end up giving her the rose. Great. <laughs> and then we move on. To As if this week wasn't dramatic enough. I know. And this wasn't even hyped up. The most... I forgot the word. Kristen, what is the word? Anticlimactic. Anticlimactic. Yeah, the most anticlimactic two-on-one ever. Like they literally did not even announce this was happening until like the commercial break before we were at the two-on-one. Yeah. Well, this two-on-one is between Tammy and McKenna. Um, they are to meet Peter at the cocktail party before everyone else arrives. And um, something on the note was like, I don't know. There's like one of you must leave like the both of you can't continue on after tonight mckenna gives this like ridiculous speech where she like speaks in third person for half of it about how she is strong and she's not going to put up with this blah 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 i don't, I don't even know what else she says peter it was a lot, it was a lot. yeah peter has called this two-on-one because um, he has questions about what's been going on between the two of them, and he's hoping to get down to the bottom of it. So he takes Tammy aside first because he wants to know her take on things. And Tammy says that McKenna has shown no reason she's there. For, McKenna has not shown that she's there for the right reasons. And Tammy says that this is just her collecting info from her. Um, that McKenna's just trying to create hashtags for her brand and then Tammy goes on this rant about how she is a self-made woman and she built her own business up from the ground and she tells Peter that McKenna packed her bags earlier that day before the group date um, saying that she was going to leave after the date and then she says then Tammy says that it's getting pretty serious for her and that McKenna takes things very lightly, very lightly and Tammy does not take emotions lightly. So Peter asks Tammy how she sees their relationship. And Tammy thinks that they have kind of hit a speed bump because of all of the things that have been happening. And says girls like McKenna disrupt the process. Um, yeah. Tammy continues as saying, I fight to the death 
for what I deserve. No little girl with blonde hair from Canada is going to stop me. Oof. Oof. The one-liners. Also, oh, <laughs> wait. Also, my favorite um, quote from this whole episode is right, right after, like, following yes, this. It was a Tammy, pretty good one. Tammy's, like, talking to McKenna about how disappointed she is in her. And Tammy says um, to the camera, I'm wearing black today because it's her funeral. <laughs> I died. So funny. Do you want to do McKenna with Pete? Yes. So then when it's McKenna's turn to chat with Peter, she says that Tammy gets joy from bringing people down. McKenna says that she's focused on Peter, but Pete is concerned about Tammy's bag packing tea and being ready to go and creating hashtags. McKenna says that Tammy is twisting things. From what we saw, she didn't really try to explain her side of those little details. McKenna said that she still believed in their relationship because she cares about him and them and she needs to be given that chance. And she tells the cameras, Peter's worth it, our love is worth it. And then Tammy and McKenna also butt heads again before Peter joins them. McKenna again delivers a school play worthy Mm. monologue about kindness winning and love winning and she tells Tammy you're going to be the villain of the season (laughs) and I just saw an amazing tweet um, Uh that was recapping that moment and then it was like no girls you're all the villains of the season true which is honestly so real (laughs) Uh, and Peter joins them says that he can't have both of them continue Mm -hmm. he trusts McKenna so he asks to walk Tammy out and wild tammy says in her limo i guess that's what he wants a trophy wife i'm not going to change for a guy and our book says when love disappears for a gemini woman she doesn't waste time wondering where it went wrong facts from personal experience yeah once once something ends like it's over i've never had a feeling of oh like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, no sadness, no remorse, nothing. I'm like, okay, it's over. It's over. It's in the past. Done. Moving on. Mm-hmm. But also, like, was Tammy ever really that invested in Peter? No. I was going to say, from what we saw, no. they didn't really like, click that all. way. Yeah. Yeah. And Tammy has since apologized for her mean comments with both McKenna and Kelsey, which is definitely a step in the right direction it's nice that she recognizes how she came across she posted on twitter i do take responsibility for my actions and i never intended to hurt anyone i'm very sorry to those i did hurt but my heart was never coming from an intentionally malicious place so again i think tammy is another big one we'll be seeing in paradise Mm. Yikes. So, again, this is not goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We move on to the rose ceremony. After some brief conversations, Peter was talking with Natasha about Natasha kind of being a little skeptical of all the drama and needing some reassurance for Peter. Peter told her that he's canceling out the drama as much as possible. You keep telling yourself that, Petey. And at the rose (laughs) ceremony, 
The final rose comes down between Sydney, Kelly, and McKenna. McKenna pulls through and gets it, sending home McKenna and Sydney. Sydney um, gives. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sydney doesn't really get much of an edit during the exit, which is a little surprising given how much screen time she got on Monday. McKenna gives herself a little pep talk <laughs> about how beautiful and wonderful she is. If you know that moment from the help, which is you is kind. <laughs> You is hot. <gasps> I you is hate you. That was basically that moment with McKenna. I hate you. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. Can we talk about that Sydney exit? Were mm. you shocked? Yeah, because I feel like, like what the maybe fuck? Maybe it's we just had because whole... we saw it so close together. It came yes. across as more of a shock than maybe it was in real life. Also, Sydney was not surprised. It mm. seemed like. So yeah. I'm wondering if they had any conversations past that one-on-one where she kind of got the feeling that that may be coming. That was so yeah. interesting. I, 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 wow. That makes he, sense. He talked her up so much on Monday. The best kisser in the house. You're so mysterious. I really want to get to know you. You're home. You're going home. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was crazy. And there you have it. We did it. Oof. Five hours of content recapped. Let's never do that again. <laughs> yes. Please, Bachelor. Bachelor producers, don't do this again. Everyone, we've come to the end of this week's recap. This episode will be out on monday february 10th and then from there we're gonna switch it up a little this week just we will be releasing our next episode which recaps week six's monday night episode on thursday instead of wednesday and then after that i promise we'll go back to our usual wednesday morning episodes so you'll be hearing from us twice this week lucky until, you lucky you until <laughs> thursday Bye. Bye. Bye.